This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, August 1st. All right, Corey. Uh, so there's an interesting promotion I saw yeah. for the St. Louis Cardinals, who the Minnesota Twins are going to play a three-game series against starting today. Okay. Okay, so this is for August 4th. So Friday, Friday, Friday. This Friday, yes, uh, correct. The St. Louis Cardinals are hosting Emo Night at Bush Stadium. Oh, is that right? Yeah, complete with a T-shirt and all. Lots of emos. Is it a is it a ripped T-shirt? Are there strategic holes throughout the T-shirt? Is it maybe just a little too loose around the collar? What are we expecting here with this? Let me put it to you this way: In somebody who, uh, like yourself, who has a lot of early two thousands culture in them, uh, you get a My Chemical Romance T-shirt. That sounded insulting, by the way. Uh, no, it's the stuff. I, it's the stuff that was around for me too. <laughs> so just at different points in our lives. Okay, sure, yes. Uh, yeah, My Chemical Romance, uh, I, I guess they're a band. Uh, cool. Adorned with an emo-looking Cardinal mascot, the shirt comes with the price of a ticket for Cardinals Emo Night. So is it like the Cardinal, but the hair is like parted? Like it's got. Like I would imagine, dark... yeah, instead of that like quaff that they have, it's it's like folded over, uh-huh. maybe over an There's eye like maybe some eyeliner like underneath the eyes, and that's, uh, I think. Yeah, it... instead of the eye black it's just a really thick eyeliner all the way around that's um i love it i didn't know are there a lot of emos in st louis i guess i didn't know that probably just a lot of emos in baseball fandom is probably what it is right well i mean you know how would you make that connection Corey? <laughs> um no that's cool i love weird stuff like that yes yeah, so- I, I know uh, this is going to sound ridiculous but i've been to a uh, ball field before where they did an elvis night Okay. How is having uh, an Elvis night any different than having an emo night? We're just dedicating it to a different no. style of music, right? Right, exactly. And and really, all it is, it's it's a publicity stunt is what all of these are. They're, of course. Oh, you make a weird promotion to catch everybody's eyes. So now there's like, I'll, I'll, like if you were in St. Louis and are like, hey, there's emo night at the ballpark. I got a ticket. You want to go? Yes, I do. Like, yeah, that'd be the thing is it's to get people to come through the door or if you're watching like i kind of want to see on tv if there's a bunch of people with the weird emo cardinal shirts now like oh yeah that's gonna be hilarious i hope people really like get after it including some people who you know are not emo i think that'd be really awesome like somebody's grandpa's just like hey i get a free shirt and puts it on and he's just sitting there next to his kid yeah let's go alfred it's emo night (laughs) (laughs) yes uh no it's awesome i i i'm all for this kind of stuff like it's hokey in other sports, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, gimmicks and baseball seem to just work. This is a cool idea. They seem to work. And and really, uh, who can top this promotion? These Bears fans oh, have oh. to be disappointed. What an unfortunate thing to happen on Dozen Egg Night. Oh. 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 You ever remember that from the movie Basketball? Yes. Dozen egg night. Yes. <laughs> He's yes, just getting yeah. pelted with eggs. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, uh, that'd be a fun promotion. Uh, anyway, uh, so what promotion would you do, Corey, if you were in charge of, I know minor league baseball does it all the time, but let's raise the stakes. A major yes. league baseball franchise says, Corey Tackman, we want you to plan our next theme night. What are you pitching? All right. I love this. Um, I'm jumping on the back of uh, ideas that exist already. Okay. And I'm just taking it to the next logical step. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
the twins in particular have a very good relationship, it seems, with amateur baseball in the state. Okay. Right? right. There's They'll host, like, amateur... They got, like, uh, a tournament, yeah. Yes. Um, th- yeah, they'll play at Target Field. Um, they have not yet glommed on to Amateur Hour, a bi-weekly uh, focus of amateur baseball in central Minnesota. Yeah, seriously, they should get on that. Come on, Twins, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting uh, for? The Twins also have a very strong relationship with high school uh, baseball. Uh-huh. Okay. So let's think about the natural progression of of baseball and how it's played in this state. Um, you start with the high school baseball. Then you kind of you, you graduate on from that, and you go a, a few different directions. Um, you do nothing. Yeah. Um, maybe you go on to play some collegiate ball. By the way, I'm in, I'm including softball in this too, right? You your high school stuff. You go on to do nothing. Uh, maybe you go on play collegiately. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you go on to do some sort of amateur stuff. Or the next option is maybe you and your buddies get together and you start playing slow pitch softball. Okay. My next promotion at Target Field is slow pitch softball night. All right. Where you get. A um, Minnesota Twins jersey, but in slow pitch softball form. You know what I mean? Like, like you've seen these slow pitch softball jerseys. They've got like a glean to them. Yeah, they're never. They're not like the button up traditional it's, baseball it's a jerseys. Jersey. It's a shirt, right? Exactly, and it might not be t shirt material. Which, by the way, we are very America today. Do you notice that? Yes, yes, very, very red and blue. Very red and blue, and then our pale white skin to cap off. It, it, it's a perfect combination. So I'm going slow pitch softball night. Um, maybe as a giveaway, you get um, a pair of boldly colored softball pants with an un- uh, insanely large stripe down the side. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you get a. Maybe you get like a. It's a navy blue pullover shirt jersey, but it's got the mm-hmm. sheen to it. It says twins. There's some pinstripes, but then also like on the back, you know, where in most cases it would say like Acme Bar, you know, yeah, <laughs> wherever your sponsor is. It says Target Field instead, or or you know, it's a DQ slow pitch softball night, so it's got DQ right on the back, like mm-hmm. between the shoulder blades. That's my next promotion: is slow pitch softball night at Target Field. See, I think we could get that to work. I think we could pitch that to somebody. Call uh, uh Dustin Morse, the Twins, uh, the Twins yeah, yeah. Uh, communications guy. You Did you have something? Uh, see, well, you went like in a very like semi-thoughtful direction of like yes. honoring stuff, and, and I was just thinking of like which random celebrity could I just pay to show up to the ballpark That'd and be awesome. just have it be a promotional night that way. So my thought would be so the Rochester Red Wings when they were the Twins AAA affiliate did this yeah. at one point they hired no relation Brian Baumgartner he played Kevin on the office yeah and it was like chilly night basically and he just <laughs> showed up and yeah. uh you know there was like a discount on chili or something like that I think they had him throw out the first pitch do like meet and greets but also I think they had him spill some chili of course uh, because you have to so my thought would be in the vein of the office you remember creed from the office yes oh yeah the insane weirdo guy yeah i'd have him i i'd do him and i'd basically pay him to just be creed at the ballpark you get a shirt deal it, it's just his face on it and like a tie-dye 
kind of sense. <laughs> and when everybody uh-huh. walks up, there's no walk-up songs. Uh, it's only walking up to a quote from Creed from The Office. That'd be awesome. So every single time they walk up, you just uh, hear uh, uh, very nutritious, but they do taste like death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I'm in on this idea. I, I'm I, in on this idea more than I am on Slow Pitch Softball Night. I, Sorry, we, Slow Pitch Softballers, you're out. Creed is in. We need creedthoughts.net.com.org or whatever the <laughs> thing. So, and it's just everybody typing on a Word document. Uh, I think something like that could work. Or pick a ran- pick another celebrity who's like very kind of like a Kramer night, and you get uh, a Kramer from Seinfeld to do the to do basically the exact same thing. Just be zany and have a bunch of his quotes. Be awesome. Uh, kind of show up somewhere. I think we can make this work. I think we need to pitch this to somebody. All right. Yeah. No. I'm in. I'm in. This is that's the best idea we've had on this show. Ever? Ever? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, Say, uh, Daniil Hunter was back at practice yesterday. Yes, he was. Um, he's been at training camp, but now that he has money, he decided he would actually practice, which uh-huh. makes sense. I have no issue with any of that. You got to make, yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to hurt yourself and lose out on all that money. It's important to have Daniil back. Yes. The Vikings' defense was pretty bad last year. Ye- were they? Pretty bad. Uh, Memory well, serves. Well, um, what is it? Getting diced up by Daniel Jones in a playoff game at home supposed to be an implication on your defense? That was just the cherry on top of a really ugly defensive Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> of the entire season. Uh, having to kneel back is important. Yeah, having Daniel Hunter back is very important. And having Brian Flores in as defensive coordinator is seemingly important do we have like expectations for the defense this season well let's hear what daniel hunter has to say about playing in brian flores's defense i mean it's not all about me it's about the team so whatever he tells whatever he tells me to do i'm gonna go out there and do it uh, i like what i see so far uh, it's a good combination of rushing dropping all that but uh i like what i see so far so the video quality or the audio on the video is a little uh, little bad there. But uh, basically what uh, somebody said is, hey, Daniil, are you expecting to drop back into pass coverage as much this year? Uh, implying all those times Ed Donatel would have one of the best pass rushers in football drop into coverage in the flat. The uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, the expectations of playing for Brian Flores. Now, Daniel Hunter told the company line of it. Ah, just I'm doing what I got to do. But uh, I mean, I think Daniel Hunter with Brian Flores is going to be a really, really good combination because Brian Flores likes to uh, basically, and this probably isn't an apples to apples comparison, but I would think that we're going to see a lot more of a return to a lot of Mike Zimmerisms than we were to see last year, which was a lot of soft zone, stop what's in front of you, rally to the ball. Instead, it's going to be a lot more of attacking and making the the offense kind of put their heels back and see what you can do. And, and having Daniil Hunter there, as we talked about yesterday, the Vikings needed a production, a productive pass rusher. And now they got Daniil Hunter back and how they're going to use him. Uh, I, if he drops back into coverage once, I will be surprised because he's a straight up pin your ears back go get the quarterback and I think I'm not gonna say Daniel Hunter's gonna have a career year uh, as long as he stays healthy which is, he said this is the first offseason in three years where he's been fully healthy and training 
I think this could be a decent little year for Daniil Hunter. Does that mean the defense is going to be good, though? That's the that's the interesting question. So the thing is, with an attacking defense like that, it's going to live and die on the pass rush because you're going to blitz a lot. And when you blitz a lot, it means that you're putting a lot of guys in single coverage. Guys could theoretically get hung out to dry a lot if the pass rush doesn't work. Right. What I think Brian Flores does with this defense is I think, one, it can't get any worse than it could last year. They were 32nd in the league. And they were 32nd in the league in yards allowed, and the only thing that saved them last year was turnovers. So you could theoretically say the defense could get worse because if they don't generate turnovers, the Vikings always had a timely turnover at some point in the game, whether it was an interception or a fumble recovery. And what that helped them do was kind of take one or two touchdowns off the board, which as we found out in 12 one-score wins were pretty important. Um I don't know. My expectations for this defense are, can you get them from 32nd to 25th to 20th in that kind of range? It doesn't need to be even average because we all know that they're not talented enough to be an average. They're going to be a below average defense on paper and talent-wise. Sure. But can you scheme them? As we talk about an offense, scheming guys open. Can you scheme your defense into a good enough position to be like 23rd in the league? And I think if you can do that and the offense keeps at a semi-consistent production with what they were with last year, I think they'll sit pretty good. At the time of recording this, CJ, we are Ten and a half hours away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Uh huh. Are the Twins going to do anything? Yes, they'll do something. But okay. a lot of uh, so Seawald, the Mariners' closers off the board. Marcana, the right-handed bat for the New York Mets, has been traded. Uh, there's been a lot of different moves. The Twin, uh, the Padres are not going to be trading Blake Snell and or Josh Hader, two of their top pitchers. Uh, so there's n- a, not a ton of movement right now. In the trade front, uh, it's a lot of complementary pieces. There's going to be no Juan Soto-type seismic trade that shakes up the league. It's going to be a lot of complementary pieces, and that's what the Twins are looking for. The Twins last year, I think, made almost all their deadline trades, unlike the day of the trade deadline. <laughs> right. Falvey likes to wheel and deal at the last second. So I think, uh, I-, I think that they'll come away with something. So with what the with what the Twins want to do, Corey, I I don't know. I th- I think that there's got to be some move coming. So I, I think overall with the morning sports desk and, and, and with today's episode, we'll talk more about the the trade deadline coming up soon. But what's going to be really important to understand with the Twins is that uh, is that they like to do this all the time. They're not going to trade for somebody you know. They're going to trade for somebody that you don't know. They're going to trade for some random guy that we've never heard of for a prospect we've never heard of, and life will move on. And I think with the Twins, it's it's just an interesting combination with where they sit at this deadline compared to where they sit last year. Last year, they made a bunch of big trades and big swings, and they whiffed on virtually every one. Uh, and now this year, they're going to play it a lot safer. They're also... Uh, just going to make very safe moves, which is fine because that this is where the team is at right now. You're not going to overinvest in them, but at the same time, they do need some pickups here and there. If you can just get a bullpen arm and you can just get a right-handed bat, maybe two bullpen arms, but something in that vein. And I think we'll see the Twins make a move shortly. The trade deadline is at 5 o'clock today. So it's, it's coming. We'll probably see a lot more moves at about maybe 3 o'clock compared to 
what whatever major- time of recording uh, it is right now. So this has been the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, August 1st.